A very warm welcome to each and every one of you lovely lot out there listening. Thanks for giving me three hours of your very, very valuable time. You're listening to episode 72 of Near Perfect Pitch. First off, I can tell you that this particular episode is brought to you by Don Thomas, the White Horses, and the Chocolate Ginger Biscuit, no less. Stay tuned for a top interview with Don Thomas, the brainchild behind the White Horses. And uh, if you listen to the show regularly, which you flipping well should do, shouldn't you? You will know a lot about uh, the White Horses. Pop said the LP released in 2016 was an absolute epic, and there's a new album coming out uh, first week in March, which we're going to learn a lot more about uh, as uh, the programme progresses, specifically when we uh, have a chat with Dom at the end of the programme. Lots of new releases to attend to as well this week. Got uh, new material by Ride. Uh, US Girls, uh, the Orioles, Psychic Ills. Actually, that's not a new one. It's reasonably new, so it doesn't really constitute a new, new release. Brand spanking new stuff, actually, though, from uh, Flame Retardant Bears. And uh, we've got our regular features, of course. We've got Tinto Web Time. We've got our Obligatory Fall Ah oh, track. Got our weekly Peel track this week, which is uh, going back to 82 with some Tears for Fears. And we've got our Essential Wax this week, which is The Clash Sandinista. Now, I'm uh, going to kick things off this week with something off the brand new Ride EP entitled Tomorrow's Shore. Going to hear something called Pulsar. And we'll keep in the shoegazy type of vein with some Swerve Driver to follow. <laughs> Thank you. 
Asa Cracker, the sublime swerve driver behind the scenes of The Sounds and The Times, pulled off their 1998 LP, 99th Dream, their fourth album. That's an album track, and that just shows you the power, the might of Swerve Driver when they can produce songs like that and just have them included on an album. Not even a single, not even a B-side. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And their new album, their sixth LP, is down the pipe very, very soon. It's going to be out in the next handful of months. It's uh, called Remembering Forward, and you can get your copy and stay tuned and uh, keep uh, keep yourself posted with all the goings-on by going to pledgemusic.com slash projects slash Swerve Driver. And preceded by... In this case, Ride, off uh, tomorrow's short EP, brand new stuff. You can get your copy by going to thebandride.com. And that is a song entitled Pulsar that we heard. Next up, from Yorkshire, from Halifax specifically, the Orioles, off their brand new debut long player called Silver Dollar Moment. Here's a track called 48%. (laughs) Bye. <laughs> 
that suede. Suede with pantomime horse off their debut self-titled affair from 1993 on Nude Records. Pantomime Horse, that is an absolute diamond of a tune. And uh, again, an LP track, very similar to having played the LP track by uh, Swerve Driver. Shows you the might of these bands when you can play such tracks and uh, consider them as, as good as or better than any single that was uh, pulled off uh, any given LP at the time. Anyway, um, we heard that and then we heard prior to that 48% by the, the Oriels, or, or I suppose the Oriai, if, if you're uh, pronouncing it uh, with the, the, the correct French uh, French pronunciation. That's off a silver dollar moment, and you can get your hands on that just about anywhere. It's on Heavenly Records, and it is a very, very good LP. Every song on there is uh, is worthy of inclusion. In keeping with their uh, their uh, three or four singles that they've had to date, uh, everything's been good by the Oriels thus far. Let's hope they keep that up. Um, it's time for uh, R cover me our cover version of the week this week we're going to have la's dream syndicate doing a bit of neil young it's uh, a song that appears on a compilation that came out in uh, 2007 called like a hurricane uh, a neil young tribute record uh, they're going to tackle one of neil's greatest greatest tunes me reckons cinnamon girl <laughs> Yeah. 
Stewart and his BMX Bandits with a single from 1996 on Creation Records, We're Gonna Shake You Down. And before that, we heard our cover me, cover version of the week. This time we heard something by LA's Dream Syndicate doing uh, a bit of Neil Young from the tribute uh, LP, Like a Hurricane, released in 2007, their rendition of the classic Cinnamon Girl. Next up, uh, we're going to go back uh, to 2010 going to go back to California actually going to hear some Starflyer 59 off their 12th yes 12th LP The Changing of the Guard and uh, it's now probably a good time to mention to you that uh, you're obviously listening to, uh, to the programme via whatever means you are but if you're not happy there are loads and loads of other means by which to listen so you could go to the usual powerhouses of, uh, of Apple and Google but you've also got TuneIn, iHeart 
radio.net and tons and tons and tons of other places and don't forget too that this program is fueled and powered by CKCU FM here in Ottawa where I record the program CKCU is uh, the country Canada's um, oldest best and most listened to community radio station hands down there is no competition essentially so I'm indebted to uh, all concerned for letting me use their studio every Sunday some people go to church I come here to record a podcast um also, nearperfectpitch.com is where you can point to people uh, should you want to, to follow some of the shenanigans on social media and uh, other such portals that I tend uh, to uh, share content with uh, on, uh, on occasion, actually. And if, it's, uh, if it's Instagram or, uh, or Twitter, it's, it's daily. There's all kinds of fun uh, to be had on social media. Now then, it's time for the track that I'd mentioned by Starflyer59. After that, I think we're going to hear our obligatory fall art track for the week. And I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is afterwards.
Full oh, track of the week taken care of quite nicely. That's 15 ways, and that appears on uh, Middle Class Revolt, their 16th LP from 1994 on permanent records in uh, the UK and on Matador in the US and Canada, and uh, for a lot of the remainder of the world. Uh, before that, Californian Starflyer 59 off their 12th LP, The Changing of the Guard, released in 2010. That's Time Machine. Next up, US Girls have got a brand new record out. US Girls is essentially Meg Remy. Uh, she is now Toronto-based after having uh, married a Canadian. She's American, but she's now in Canada, living in Toronto, and she's just uh, finished uh, her eighth LP, her eighth LP in 10 years, no less, on 4AD Records. The album is called A Poem Unlimited, and we're going to hear a song entitled Velvet for Sale.
stumbles, Johnny falls under slogans of the wall. He sees where's the sense, it says, call me Mr. Malcontent. My beautiful laundry. 
Lloyd Cole and his commotions. And that's a track pulled off the third LP, the third and last LP by Lloyd Cole and the commotions. Third long player entitled Mainstream, and that's a song called Mr. Malcontent. All three Lloyd Cole and the commotions records are gold. You need to own them all in sequence. Rattlesnakes, Easy Pieces and Mainstream. And before we heard Lloyd Cole, excuse me, got a bit of frog in my throat here. <coughs> uh, we heard the lead track to the, uh, the brand new record on 480 Records by US Girls. We heard Velvet for Sale and US Girls are the creative force, uh, well is the creative force that is essentially Meg Remy, a now Toronto-based American-Canadian. Now, we heard the four before that, didn't we? So we're now ten songs in. It's time now for our Peel session track, our weekly Peel. This week we're going to go back to 1982, to September the 1st, and here's some TFF. Victory. Am I 
here we go.
My Bloody Valentine with what I believe to be the best dance track ever recorded. That is the Andy Weatherall mix of Soon. And uh, it appeared as a limited 12-inch 12, uh, 12 single and also appears on Keeping the Faith, the Creation Dance compilation that came out uh, in 1991. Again, My Bloody Valentine, the Andy Weatherall mix of Soon. I'll play that annually. It deserves to be played daily and weekly, but I'll play it annually to remind you of how brilliant that particular song is and how many times I dance my little knees down to the bone uh, on the dance floor to that particular number. And The Hurting by Tears for Fears before that, our uh, weekly Peel session track from September the 1st, 1982. That's a brilliant version of The Hurting. And uh, being that I just said that that was the best dance track uh, that I believe to have ever been crafted, the uh, the soon uh, weather on mix, that's one of the best songs in the new the, the new uh, wave era to have been recorded, in my humble opinion. The first record by Tears for Fears was groundbreaking. It really, really was. And uh, The Hurting, the title track, is just a beauty. It's time now for uh, our weekly hat trick. And all this does, really, it affords you the time to uh, not listen to me for three tracks in a row. It allows you to probably put the kettle on or attend to a few little odd jobs around the house or a pray around in your underpants and... Uh, Bop to the tunes. Uh, depends Depends entirely up to you what you want to do with your time for the next 10-15 uh, minutes. I've got three in a row for you, starting with this. We're going to hear Shipwreck by A Thousand Hours. <laughs>
Mountain of the Peach by Flame Retardant Bears driving up to Louisville. That is brand spanking new as of a few days ago and uh, I've got wind from the, the gents concerned that uh, the full length is around the corner which I'm really looking forward to. So, driving up to Louisville was the third in our hat-trick by Flame Retardant Bears. Facebook.com slash Flame Retardant Bears. Keep abreast of things by visiting that particular URL. That uh, was preceded by uh, a debut single by a short-lived mank outfit uh, entitled Molly Halfhead. They were around from uh, 93 to 95, and uh, just about all of their records were on their playtime records. Uh, and that was their first single, as I mentioned, A Taste of You. And um, that's a Twitter request, actually, uh, from a gentleman that goes under the guise of Warwick Road. So hope you're happy, mate. That was some Molly Halfhead for you. And to lead off the hat-trick, we started things with, on Vespa Records, A Thousand Hours Shipwreck. And that is of their uh, new-ish sleep release, which you can source on Bandcamp. And uh, I did have the URL. It's now dead, so it looks like that record has disappeared into the ether, but if you're looking for it, A Thousand Hours, uh, the full length is called Sleep, and Shipwreck, the song I played, features on it. don't like it when these things happen. I like to have them have everything organised, whereby if you want to buy these records, you know where to go. Anyway, have a good look for that. Uh, it is on Discogs, by the way. I've just checked that uh, while I was playing the last track. Now, we are fully, completely halfway through the programme in terms of musical output. We are 15 songs in. Always try and play 30 songs uh, in any given programme. Next up, we've got some more music uh, from, from California, actually, and this was completely unintentional. Didn't mean to have uh, so much Californian content on the programme. Not that it's a bad thing, uh, but uh, it just happened to be this week. We're going to hear something by a, an outfit called Ozian. I would imagine that they want to be called, uh, or pronounced, sorry, Ocean. Um, it's a track called Scenic. Now, if you want to learn more about this band, visit them at uh, Ozean, O-Z-E-A-N.bandcamp.com. This is Dream Pop in it, at its finest, really, from their self-titled EP from last year, Ocean with Scenic. <laughs>
That's Belgians Pale Grey with an absolute stunner, a lead track to their WLP Waves. And uh, that's a track called Billy. PaleGreyMusic.com, Facebook.com slash PG slash Pale Grey Music. Again, them's from Belgium, and that is a beauty. That was uh, preceded by the Siddleys, the Sidleys. You know what? I never even knew how to pronounce this band's name. Got, got loads of their records and have this compilation which compiles just about everything they've ever done. Uh, but still, I'm uh, not completely confident in being able to pronounce their name properly. I do know they come from London. Seen them live a couple of times. Um, you'd think I'd know that, wouldn't you? Anyway, that's with their third single from 1988 called Sunshine Thuggery. And it appears on this really nifty compilation. If you can ever get your hands on it, I'm just sort of fumbling for it now, blindly to my right. Uh, it's called... Um, Slum Clearance, and it essentially is a compilation of all their oddments, whether it's BBC recordings or uh, uh, compilation uh, contributions, etc., etc. And uh, it compiles everything quite nicely. And it's on a record label called Matinee Recordings and distributed by Clarendon Records, if you are at all interested. Now it's time for something uh, by Zola Blood. If you want to know more about Zola Blood, go to zolablood.bandcamp.com. I think it's a play on words on Zola, but don't you? Anyway, this is off uh, last July's debut, Infinite Games. This is a track called Heartbeat. Put it 
face Brings you back to this awful place Like all merchants and your bankers do Let's get up and learn those rules Where the man and the crazy chief One says sun and one says sea AM and FM the PM too Turning out that boogaloo Get you up and I guess you out But how long can you keep it up? Give me Honda, give me Sonic So cheap and real phony Hong Kong dollar, Indian cents Clash from 1980, and it's uh, a part of our Essential Wax feature. That particular song, 
The Magnificent Seven features on Sandinista, released on the 12th of December 1980. Before I get into more detail about our Essential Wax LP of the week, let's uh, talk a little bit more about Zola Blood. Zola Blood, uh, uh, we just heard a song by them prior to the clash, uh, Heartbeat, we heard. And uh, they're from London, and this is from their debut long player called Infinite Games. It was released last uh, July. And if you want to learn more, go to zolablood.com or zolablood.bandcamp.com. Let's get back to Clash now. Now, Sandinista, as I said, was released in 1990, and it was released on December the 12th, specifically. It's their fourth LP, and it was initially released as a triple album containing 36 tracks, six songs on each side. It did spawn three singles, one of which was The Magnificent Seven, which we just heard, also uh, Hitsville UK and The Call-Up. The next song we're going to hear that uh, will hopefully coax you into buying the record if indeed you don't already have it, which of course you really should, shouldn't you? Let's be honest, is Somebody Got Murdered, my particular, particular favourite.
isn't that a nice one? That is uh, Psychic Ills, and that is off their fifth LP, In a Journey Out, from 2016. They're from New York City, and as you could probably uh, surmise, that uh, was featuring Hope Sandoval of uh, Matty Star and of her warm inventions. Again, that is Psychic Ills from New York City and a track called I Don't Mind. And before that, we heard the second track of our Essential Wax feature this week, The Clashes, Sandinista from 1980. Somebody got murdered, we just heard. And uh, some more information about the LP. It was produced by Mikey Dredd and The Clash. And uh, because of the burgeoning world scene that was bubbling under in the, the late uh, 70s, early 80s, uh, it was one of the first records to feature a, a mishmash and a melding and a wonderful, a wonderful grab bag of funk and reggae and jazz and gospel and rockabilly and folk and dub, and blues, calypso, disco, rap. Fantastic record, beautifully, beautifully diverse. And uh, for the first time in The Clash's history too, uh, the songwriting credits, which were typically Strummer and Jones, were replaced by an all-encompassing credit to The Clash as a whole, as an entity. And uh, another little tip, tidbit about this record is that they... Um, they decreased their own personal royalties to be able to release this triple LP in its odd format at a very low and accessible price uh, for, for the fans, for you and me. So that is our Essential Wax this week, 1980s Sandinista triple LP by The Clash. If you don't own it, you flipping well should, shouldn't you? Now, we're fast approaching the end of the programme where well, you're going to be treated to a fantastic chat with Dom Thomas. Uh, the brainchild, the creative force behind White Horses, Manchester's White Horses. And we're going to be talking about, well, his his place in the world and how he channels his music. And we'll talk about uh, 2016's Pop Said, and we'll be talking about the new record, Empty Words, which is coming out uh, on the 9th of March. So that's coming up in just a few minutes. But we've got a few tracks to get to before then, starting with this by Momus. Now, Momus is Nick Curry. He's a songwriter, an author, a journalist, a blogger, and Momus is named after the Greek god of mockery. Momus, at the last count, had 32 LPs uh, to his credit, and uh, I, have, I haven't got them all. I'm going to admit that to you right now. I've got a load of them, but not all 32. I do have this one, though. I've got 1995's The Philosophy of Momus, and here's a track called Yokohama, Chinatown. <laughs> Okay. 
Jefferson, Maximus, Hydrogen, Anesthesis, Essential Fresh, Cordite, Selenium Cell. Underneath the sun says Kilmore is here. It's show and tell. Siemens is a substitute for hair gel. Summon is the proper herbalist in the aftermath. Corrected to a shadow of your former self. You watch the velvet underground performing the gift. Sunbed to a cinder in the Persian Gulf. While the Dow Jones promise we are necking in the lift. Repeat after me. I love myself. I love myself. Side effects of Benzedrine, a dose of bitter medicine Body chatters, Venus, had long blonde hair Surprised the former astronaut, howling at the moon My hands and knees in the beam shop booth Catch the quiet receptionist, naked in the antechamber Leaping through the copy of the plain truth Sing from the gladly and the baritone voice All the vegetarians consider me anti-choice
Wonderful stuff. Stone Roses, Bye Bye Badman, of course, off their debut, Long Player. And that was preceded by Momus, Nick Curry, with Yokohama Chinatown. And before that, even, we had I Don't Mind by Psychic Ills, featuring Hope Sandoval. We're nearly at the end of the programme when we're going to be chatting to Don Thomas of White Horses, so stay tuned for that. We've got a few tracks to get to, and maybe even I'll tell you what you're going to hear, actually. Next, we're going to hear something by Secret Shine from a compilation record that came out in 2014. They're from Bristol. They are uh, Sarah Records recording artists. The LP Concerned is Greater Than God and Other Singles, a compilation, as I've mentioned. We're going to hear a song called uh, Ignite the Air. Then we're going to hear some Las Vegas right after that because their debut long play is 10 years old this week. And then we've got uh, one more song. Uh, I'm going to chuck in some photo form for you before we get into the interview and three songs by White Horses. So for now, for the time being, Secret Shine.
quite possibly the saddest song ever written about ice cream. Ice Cream Van, Las Vegas, from their debut, Long Player, which is 10 years, 10 years old this week, my goodness me. Brilliant record it is, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And before we had Las Vegas, we had Secret Shine, Sarah Records, uh, roster members uh, with Ignite the Air and before that we heard uh, of course the Stone Roses with Bye Bye Badman. We've got one more song to get to before we get into the interview with the the superb Dom Thomas of White Horses. Before we do we have this annoyance to take care of. Tin to up time kids, tin to up time boys and girls. This week I'm going to take you to a website called 100 in numeric 100 greatest bootlegs dot blogspot dot ca i'm logging in right now and this is a, a site that's been put together by uh, a canadian individual because it's hosted on a, on a canadian url i can only assume as such uh, but uh, they've taken the liberty of uh, compiling what they believe to be the best bootlegs around and if you have a diverse taste in music as i would expect you do if you listen to this program you can trawl through the tons and tons of wonderful material that this individual has spent a long time in compiling everything from a joe strummer and the mescalaros gig in seattle in 2001 to a a recent tom petty gig to john uh, johnny cash to to verve to Jimi hendrix new order sonic youth springsteen zeppelin janice joplin and there are tons and tons and tons of others. You can scroll through, you can literally spend the whole day on here. Um, over the course of time, some of these have disappeared by virtue of litigious uh, reasons, but uh, a lot of these bootlegs are still here and readily available to be downloaded. Say no more. Again, 100greatestbootlegs.blogspot.ca. That is the URL of our Tinto Web Time website of the week, this week. Right, one more song to get to before we get into uh, some wonderful antics with White Horses. We're going to hear something from Seattle, from their debut long player. We're going to hear Photo Form and a track called Eve Klein Blue.
quite magnificent white horses. And that is She Owns the World of 2016's Debulon player, Pop Set. Going to talk much more about white horses in just a moment. But before I do, before we heard that wonderful track, we heard Eve Klein Blue from Photoform from Seattle, their debut subtitled LP. And that is quite nifty. Photoform, F-O-T-O-F-O-R-M.bandcamp.com is the place to go to keep in tune with what they are up to. Now, 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 white horses. How does one pigeonhole and categorise white horses? Well, quite simply, you don't. Um, This 17-track debut um, that came out uh, in 2016, Pop said, is one of my favourite records of recent times, full stop. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous record. And I know that if you listen to the programme, you've heard tonnes and tonnes of tracks off this particular LP. Very, very excited about the new forthcoming LP, which is uh, out on March the 9th. And uh, we have the teaser single, the title track actually to Empty Words it's out on March the 9th but we're going to hear it now and after we hear this single we're going to hear me pseudo me rather in a chat with Dom Thomas where you're going to learn an awful lot more about the wonderful world of white horses Sumptuous and sublime, that's empty words, and uh, that is of course by White Horses. That's out on March the 9th, to be included on the album, 
of the same name. I played She Owns the World uh, before I played this particular track. So now it's over to Pseudo Me and a chat with the immensely, immensely talented and wonderfully interesting Dom Thomas. I'll be back to wrap things up after this. Quantify this for, for the listenership is that um, in, in, in reading a lot of uh, press that you've done over the past two or three years, uh, could you just sort of expand upon your uh, your Mexican church vision, whereby that was the first oh, yeah. the first thing before you actually uh, be- began to even assemble warm bodies to to, to, to constitute a band or, or a group or whatever you wish to call it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's probably well, if you read that story, it's, it's pretty much how it goes. I mean, it's that I'm a, I, I'm a bit of an ideas person, you know, like thinking concepts. And, that sort of thing to, to get to get me going with anything, and uh, and that that's uh, it was just it was just like, just it's no joke. I really genuinely sort of had this kind of like, epiphany. Just, like, I kept seeing, I kept, kept imagining this sort of thing, and I, I don't know where it came from. Really. It was just you know, it was just it's just a sort of feeling that I just just sort of longing to hear something that that would sound like this 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 sort of this idea that I kept having. You know, it's just as simple as that. It was just but I could really see it, and just like did sort of what what sort of songs would they be, you know would a band like that be writing? Yeah. Because I just felt I just felt such a, a dearth of uh, new music that had those qualities that really sort of connected with me. You know, and any, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that sort of surfaced. You know, like kind of like you know, it's got all the right components on, on a piece of paper. You know, you know, it's got all the, the elements, but you know, it doesn't quite sort of hit you in the heart or just give you that. You know the feelings you get when you hear a great song is just I, I, I haven't had that for, for far too long really. So it just it was up to me to kind of try and kind of make the perfect kind of band, a, like a fantasy band, and bring to life really. Just you know, uh, and just, you know, just make it reality. It's almost it's almost like a calling then, because you know for, for the rest of us, um, you know. I like to think of myself as, as as a creative type, but certainly not in the in the mm. in the in the realms of music. That's for sure. But when, mm. when it when it comes to the creative, be, being able to have that catalyst, do do you feel like the, the the fruits of the first record, which were lovingly put together in Italy, do do you think that you you did it justice? Because I do know that you are you're hyper hyper perfectionist in terms of you wanting to mm. cross every T and dot every I. Um, True, yeah. As, yeah. As, as you listen to it now, Dom, do, do you think, yeah, that that's mm. that's a a complete I, piece of work? Do, do you know, yeah, I mean, I've, I've not I've not listened to it the first one, um, for, you know, not not fully. I've not had time to listen to it actually, which is, I mean, I've not listened to it, you know, in one listening in, 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 for the full fifty minutes, whatever it is, yeah. for a while. But I did hear a couple of songs last last week, and we, 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 you know, we rehearsed them, so we sort of still playing them. Um, but I think it's just like you know, I, I think in the, at that point in time it was just it was easily the best. You know, I was really happy with it. It was the best I could hope to achieve with that you know with that record. Yeah. Uh, as it stood, um, and yeah, you know, I think it will stand up. I think I think I think it will just be one of those records that will keep getting better with, with age. Really, that one, that first one. I, 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 I genuinely think the second one's better. Like, in my head, it's better, but. And, you know, we'll see in three years' time, like, you know, we're going to listen to that in three years. And That's it, yeah. together. But I, I, I think they're sort of like, they both have really good, you know, both of them stronger possibly each in, in a different way, you know, um, as a point in time. But um, I think, you know, if I'm listening to this, I mean, if I was going to listen to this record now, this record 
it's who I am now, you know, it's like it's more about it's more it's a bit more personal which it, I thought it's a bit more Is it lyrically? Thought, you know, Dom, do you mean that it, lyri- it, it, lyrically it's more personal in terms of the content and the words that you put down? Yeah. Well yeah, it's lyrically and just sort of and musically as well, I think it's just in terms of what I kind of would have would have wanted to do with the first one but I wasn't capable of doing as well. Which which also isn't necessarily a strength because I've come to learn that, you know, um, having limitations is, is, a, is a really good thing with songwriting. Um, yeah. As well, you know, because I'm not a good musician. I'm, I'm not, you know, a good musician, really. So having that, um, having to think about how things work for a long time before you get done or, you know, or just really thinking about things as opposed to just jamming endlessly, you know. Yes. Over a load of songs that, have a direction, you know, it's like they've always got like a they always take a while to do and they always become I think they become, they become stronger for that because I generally won't do and I won't carry on anything like I think it's gonna be the best song ever. So mm-hmm. you know, so I don't tend to, to really spend much time if I don't think it's if I don't think it's straight away like I, I get a little bell goes off my head that goes, you know, this is this is this is one to go with. Yeah, follow it, follow it. Whereas you, you've got also got well, a. Well, you, it's going to take, yeah, it's got a bit, but it's always got that feeling. And it's all about feeling, like, I think everything that we do, uh, everything that I've ever done with music, it's just about feeling, like, and it's, it's, you know, you've got to feel that certain thing in the song. Yeah. Or, um, or the job's not done for, for white horses, anyway, like, for, for, this, for this band, you know, it's got to have a certain, it's got to be there's a certain sort of, you know, make up to each song that. I can't really describe, but it's just something that I feel with it. So. Yeah, well, I, I sort of, as, as a fan looking in, I, I you know, you, you've, you've spoke about the role of, of Eno Inspector in the past, and, and that's how I see you, mm-hmm. more of a uh, a soundsmith mm-hmm. who knows how to curate and to and to create mm-hmm. um, through through probably what you deem non-traditional uh, schoolings and ways, whereby mm-hmm. the, the the collages that represent your music. The, the the points in between by which you arrive at the final product is a very very different yeah. path to the vast majority of what you probably call songwriting. Is that yeah. is that fair that's to true. say? Well, that, that's 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 you you hit the nail on the edge. That's that's really stupid. You know, like the, that, 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 I mean, that's 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 what I've always wanted to be for start. But I think um, I think having that coming at things from and you know. A less classical point of view, in terms of no training, which don't have any of, and that's what I think they're lucky, you know, or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's all about sound, isn't it? It's just, it's just about sound, you're not a musician, you're not like you say, you gather of sound, or you, you, you try and, you just have this library in your head of things, I think, and that's, that's kind of, because I, I listened to music for a long time before I even went near writing a song, you know, I, I, I never thought I was going to write a song, I mean, it was just, um, circumstances sort of like push me towards doing it and and then you know and then it's kind of it's kind of like opening sort of complete new chapter in my life really which is like a, a, a later time than I thought of doing it yeah it's just, it's just thing, I think it's just anyone can write a great tune if they're really into if they're really into music and you're really into what you believe you, you like you know and it's just you've got to be bloody minded with it I think that's, that's just the, the bottom line is that it's hard to write one song or like one decent song. Like Absolutely. It's difficult. No. It's difficult. It's a difficult task. Yeah. 
So, so to um, think once you get, I mean, I just I got the book for it now, so it's like I'm I'm, I'm kind of away. With, I'm, I'm 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 on that. I know I know that everything right. And I think I I I know it's in the at the moment. I just feel like that. And, well, you always know too, Dom. I would expect that you always know when to let go and say, this is futile and just knock it on the head because it's not going anywhere. You're not going to flog yeah, a dead horse, right? I mean, you know, you can do stuff and say to it, you know, I've never thought of any point in that, and especially writing a record where you can get away with putting a few duck songs out to fill out, yeah. add out a record. That's just not my nature, my nature to do that. So I'll spend it long on, I'll spend it long on a segue as a real one. I'd ten minute, you know, like a sort of seven minute tune. I'd spend as long as thirty seconds. And sometimes the, the, the short things are the harder things to do. Like the little things that join. Yeah, absolutely. Songs, but they're actually really. That's actually the hardest bit sometimes. Well, the devil's in the, the detail, isn't it? The, the bits that make it cohesive, because it's all very sprawling, you know. And that's sort of the way I want it. I don't want to write records that just sound the same all the way through, which which have been accused of being a bit ADD in the past. But then again, it's like you know. I think absolutely. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm listening to. I'm hanging on your every word, and you know, you, you're, the process by which you you operate is, you know, is unlike the vast majority in terms of songwriting, and uh, it's it's a process, and and it's almost like you're a conduit, and and your your musical immersion from, you know, especially. You know, especially your, uh, where, where you live in the Northwest and with your DJing and, and the history that you have, your brain I liken to a hard drive as I do with most people and uh, you must have, even yeah. subliminally, you've got, you've, got, you've got music shouting at you that you don't even know is influencing what you're doing right now. Exactly. Well, that's it. You, 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 become, you, you do, you sort of, I remember Paul McCartney talking about that and just saying, you know, you know, whatever he shows up in the past, your brain computes it a certain way, it comes out to the side, you know, it's, it's just, you've also got, you, you tend to get a sensibility, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It comes to, and, uh, and that, you know, all, all our songs now, I'd say pretty much a, a, a melody based, you know, so there's a, there's a real, there's a real sort of like pattern to how the, how the song is written now and, and I just, I just now become a real believer in, in kind of the tune, and the tune's the most important thing. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think it has to be now. Uh, just because I think there's a lack of that stuff out there, there's a lack of mo really great melodic writing, and, you know, the tune, sort of tune people. It, it, there's a lot of people writing to riffs. A lot of people being like sparse, kind of cool. Well, that's that's formulaic. I mean, that's that's no Gallagher all over. It's the same song every time, and and it works. Let's be honest, but it's not exactly multi-layered, is it? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, but like, Gallagher's like, he's written some. I think he's written some best melodies ever. Like, you know, in terms of sure. In terms of recent years, and and like, you know, what he's done. Chord sequence.
or oh, it sounds a bit too I mean everything's been done before, so it doesn't really matter how you how you sort of dress it up. It's all been done before. You can't I mean if there's something having been done before it's gonna sound terrible anyway, it's like yeah. it's just well, everything's yeah. derivative, isn't it? I mean, if anyone if anyone yeah, thinks otherwise, they're yeah. kidding themselves, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, so like, uh, we get we get away, we get tarnished with, with like the retro label and stuff like that. But then you know, it's like it doesn't do our songs. There's a lot. There's probably I'd argue the things that I think been said before and done before in some well, in some of them. You know, yes. I think some of them are really original, even though they're using. What what we perceive as a sixties palette or like you know vintage instruments or whatever it is, but I don't know about the stuff that's I use things you know the cheapest plug-in in the world and I play it with a with a really expensive guitar or a really cheap guitar or with like a preamp with a Beatles infusion that I might be able to use against a sort of like you know a sound that's just made completely in the computer. Yeah. I don't, have, I don't have any prejudice to sort of any sort of instruments or sounds or anything, but I think just tend to go for what just just, just sounds that we love. You know I mean, and generally they are sort of things made with older instruments because they do sound better. It's like, but yeah, it, it drives me mad when people say we're retro. Oh my more. goodness, that must drive you up the yeah, flipping wall. Yeah, retro yeah, it's like, psych. It's just, you know, it's just like, but it's like you know, yeah, but call contemporary, which is even worse. I think. Yeah, but, but but music journalists are, are really some of the laziest of the lazy, and, and um, you know, unfortunately, most most people want to have some kind of pigeonhole, i.e., it's you know, what do they yeah. sound like? Yeah. So they have, they have to somehow come up with something for the masses. But uh, yeah. We, yeah. actually, you know, rarely do I defend music journalism, but you are you are a category yeah. whereby uh, you do run the risk of putting your foot in your mouth if you do attempt to to pigeonhole you because you can't. Yeah, um, it's, it's, I mean, it's a testing that, you know, it, it makes little, box, little boxes and little rules that, can, you know, I don't know, makes life easier a bit or something like that. I, I think it does. Sure, but I think it does, but it's also... There's some sort of unwritten rules that dictate how what goes in the bin and you're like, well, we've got, we've got a song like this, so that I feel like, you know... With, with regards... I, like, I, just, I, just, I just gotta say that, like, I think, I think... You know, from what we're trying to do anyway, like what White White Hogs is trying to do, or at least sort of why we started doing it, it's just like, it's just to get some good songs back in the yes. public domain, you know, it's like, this is, <laughs> like, because as a person, like, if I'm thinking like that, there must be a lot of other people who think the same way. Absolutely. Because I'm actually dissatisfied and uninterested with so much music, and there's been people that sort of represent my hometown, you know, and it's like, and they're not speaking to me in the slightest, you know what I mean, so it drives me mad, so, so I don't have to get off my ass. I do, I, do, I do appreciate what you're saying, and, and I... <laughs> I, 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 I'm ex-music industry, and I'm very jaded as a result of having uh, spent 20 years in it. And and I, and I yeah, yeah. and I'm very, very sensitive to the plight of the artists nowadays, whereby, um, yeah. a, apart from apart from a handful of decent digital uh, digital publications, and being lucky enough to get onto Radio Six, it's very hard to find uh, legitimate champions of, of of good music. And by the same token, it's very hard to trawl, but. Bandcamp is becoming uh, an epicenter for people who are taking this into their own hands. Where you've got thousands of kindred yeah. spirits, maybe maybe not along the same musical lines, but certainly with with the mentality yeah. that this is a oh, form. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, like, I'm not down on all sort of new stuff as well. There is obviously, 
there will be stuff out there. It's just very, very rare, like, to hear something. I think it's just rare to hear something that makes you feel like, a, you know, like what, say, Stone Rose's song would do to me. Oh, well, then you, you've set the bar really high there, because, I mean, your first well, time you hear it's, Sally it's, Cinnamon... I've never, you know, like, I'll go over the best ones ever, but, but still, you know, I think that should be the bar, the, sh- the bar should be that high in the area, it should be. You've got to shoot for it, you've got to go for it. Like, it, it's, it's just, like, I mean, in terms of, I'm just like, there's one of the lyrics um, in our new song, Empty Word, and that's, I mean, you know, Shane's saying it, there's lines of, like, as a hero's gathered up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just, I think all the lyrics in this new record are just really, they're just talking about, a lot of them, well, not every song, but, you papering over the cracks at all Tom I mean I, I this is just my my little world that I live in I mean I do a three-hour podcast every week it's my it's my contribution to trying to combat the dross that is omnipresent out there you know it's it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's all I can yeah. do and, and and when I when for instance the point of discovery for the first time I heard for instance your band that was that was an, an epiphany of sorts because it's the feeling of discovery, and I know you know exactly what I'm talking about, because you're not just an artist. I mean, you are a, you are a fan and a record by a terminal audiophile and a DJ, so you know that feeling when you hear yeah, something yeah. that unequivocally moves you, and it's like it's it's almost it's almost as if it's a timely arrival when you needed it the most. It, it reinstills your faith in trying to make sense of this spinning sphere of lunacy that we cohabit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Music's the only thing that can that can tangibly make me make sense of the, the chaos that that, 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 that we witness on a daily basis. We sound like Norman Bastard, do we? Well, we do. Yes, I like it. I like it. And we're on my page, but I, I am very cynical by nature. That's why we try. I think you know, try and make quite hopeful, you know, these sort of hopeful songs. You know, like they always have like a bit of. They always bit hope. They always hopeful in the end, but. Like, they are, but you know, also with with your with your uh, content too. I was going to bring, I was going to throw this in there. It's been kind of haphazard because that's the nature of this interview, I think. But you know, what was it? What is it about the French language and the pop lyric that makes it just so? Regardless of you know you being unilingual, you can listen to a French tune and it can whisk you yeah. away. Do you speak the language? Don? Do you speak do you speak French, yeah. Don? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 Ye
Because that, that makes that makes it all the more interesting that you're enamoured with it, whereby you're not really <laughs> completely conversant in it, which is which is even cooler. Yeah. Um, I think like everyone, you go through like like everyone, well, like you know, everyone's got a bit of taste. You go through that serious gangs long stage, you know, yeah. you go through all the girl groups and stuff, and friends, like friends, girls, got friends are hard and all that. Yeah. But I'm still listening to Charlotte Gainsbourg. Their new record is ridiculous if you haven't heard it. I mean, I'm sure you have, but... Uh, I haven't I think you would like it. Um, now, with, with the, the recording of, of, of Pop or Not, um, mm. it's, it's, it's markedly different now, whereby I understand that the majority is recorded in London. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm using, I, I worked in a place called Loveless Studios for the majority of the record. Yeah. And um, a guy called Mark Berman, we, 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 recorded, we recorded a lot of it there. Um, a couple of the old things we recorded, I did some work with uh, a guy up there in Liverpool that we did some, did some work with vocals with, called Joe Wills, and uh, I don't know what studio in Liverpool, and did, um, we did a lot of stuff in, and then we finished it all off in the Isle of Wight, we did the first record, yeah, the yes. first record. But like, um, so that kind of, um, it's a good process to kind of work in, in, in the end, like, I mean, sort of two stages to, to the recordings really, and finalising the songs yeah. and some space, and just sort of, you know, yeah, just, it just gave that, that, that headroom to kind of make the tricky decisions So is everything is everything mastered now, Dom? Everything's ready, ready to, to go now. Oh yeah, it's all it's all finished. Yeah, yeah. we got we had the vinyl back the other day. So oh it's yeah. Fun. yeah, it's like it's all it's all completely uh, fantastic. It's all completely final. Yeah, it's done. Uh, I'll, I'll get them to send you. Oh, I've, I've already got it on order, mate. That's very kind of you. That's very kind of you. But um, yeah. I've just got a few more questions for you because um, uh, you are a chap that uh, you've got a finger in, in, in many, many pies. I'm just wondering how you, how you manage the balance of... of well, let's, let's start with this, actually, because Mark E. Smith always insisted that the four were a group, not a band. How do you see... Yeah. How do you perceive yours? As, it's almost like a cooperative, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of... There's always been a bit of a core, you know. Yeah. Um, there's me, me and my brother-in-law, Ali, uh, and Luke Dinesen. You know, Ali's Dinesen star. Uh, he plays bass. Mm-hmm. And then there's come Owen, and he's, he's, he's always been there. And this guitarist called Laura, and she's been there from pretty, you know, pretty close to the start. So yeah. we've always had like a kind of, we've always had a bit of a core, uh, and people come and gone and say, We've changed quite, quite you know, noticeably over the last sort of three years. Really, it's changed quite a lot. Now we've got really, I think we're getting to our kind of natural ground. Really, it's, as a live band, particularly, but it's like it's, it's definitely, definitely cooperative is a good way of putting it because things do change, and we, when we do a gig, we'll have different guests come on, so and people just, we like to make it, we like to keep ourselves on our toes and just keep changing all the time because yeah. It's just, it's just the band, really. It's just, I mean, you know, 
I mean, a lot of the other work's kind of done, you know, by the time we've done the studio, it's all, you know, the songwriting's done here, and it's, you know, it's just, but it's, you know, I, I see it as a, I see it as a definitely a cooperative, but it's, that's definitely the best. Yeah, it's the white, the white horse's co-op then. Um, you, you, have a, you have a very diverse array of people who, who, who take the stage with you, as you've touched upon, and some of them, are, some of them just, uh, in, in my eyes, especially, you know, especially Damon Goff, uh, you've got the Go team in yeah. there as well, and Bits and Bobs, St. Bart's yeah. Choir, of course, which is just a unique, wonderful yeah. project in itself. You've worked with Josephine Orne and also Stephen Sheep. Is anyone else that's been on stage with you? Um, yeah, we did it well. Larue did the last one. Oh, Larue as well. Okay. Yeah, and um, Melanie from Live Our Way. Uh, um, I was getting one. So but they're I, both on the LP, aren't they, Don? Uh, Melanie and Larue are on the yeah. LP, right? She's on the, she's on the album, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. We just did a good song called The Best of It. It's, it's actually a cover, you know, it's song. Nice. Uh, so stoked to listen to this new record I mean it's one of those one of the few things you're one of the few live bands I've got on my list to see because it seems to me that um, no two gigs are the same when it comes to White Horses I think that's a fair assumption to make no no, no. Yeah. I mean like everyone's been over the last sort of year it's, it's just got sort of gone you know in terms of in terms of the personality everything and the ambition really it's just it's, it's going up notch every time I think so we're going to be doing a big show in September at South Bank Centre which is going to be magic that I think is. it'll be you know that's, that's kind of like that's, that's like six months work really just to get out of yeah will you film that Dom? will you film yeah, it? we played the Barbican last year actually yeah played, um, yeah so it's uh, it's kind of similar sort of thing really but um I think we just want to try and, try and kind of develop it a bit and Lovely. make it even try, try and make it what I like. I, I always try and think of gigs as in sort of multimedia things and stuff that I'd, I'd really want to see myself as a concert. Yes. It's got the best visual, the best lighting, the best music, the best guests, sort of, but, you know. It's the overall, the overall. I try overall. to do it every time, just to make, to keep, keep us mm. on our toes and, and, you know, and the audience a bit, hopefully. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, actually, what your ideal take-home for a fan is from a gig, and you've, you've already answered that question quite handily. You've also, you've also, you've also given me some homework, because I've been trying to track down that flipping Canadian 70s album, that Langley Schools music project, just, just, oh, yeah. just, so, I can, just so I can listen to it. It sounds absolutely brilliant. I'm going to try and track that down. That's amazing. Well, yeah, I, no, it's, uh, I love the... Um well, there's a couple of songs that are better than the original, you know. Some of the songs that are better than the original, they sound actually quite different to the original and, and in a better way. There's that there's a song called uh, Wildfire, is it Wildfire, like the horse? I love that song. I, I, don't, I don't, don't even, I don't even know the original, it's going to put that. Their version of that is just, it's just pure emotion, it's brilliant. Beautiful. And, um, I heard the original, I was like, yeah, the original's pretty flat, really, compared to that. <laughs> Great. Well, I've, I've definitely, I've definitely got to get a copy of that. So, so how, 
how did the actual St. Bart's thing come together? Because that is a magnificent project. Well, it was just literally like, um, to be quite honest, I just wanted to do, I just thought, I just really want to hear a lot of kids singing our record, you know, like this language school. Obviously, the inspiration came directly from really going to school. Just, yeah. It's just it's a great idea, just having, especially singing about some of the stuff on our first record, a bit of juxtaposition, uh, having kids kind of singing about some of those things, which is just brilliant. It's just, you know, it's pretty weird, really. Uh, it is. It is, but it's wonderful on the same breath. It's a unique. It's really only been done. My label boss. My label boss. Signing waivers. Who has who has the intellectual property after after little Johnny sang on your yeah, record? Yeah, really like all the kids are having royalties and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, um, it was just it was just uh, it was actually quite painless, which is that's yeah, great. It was just a change because I mean it could have been could have been a right chore, couldn't it? It could have been a nightmare. I'm talking about really nice. Had a great time. We recorded it in a rap studio in London, so mm. I had a proper day out of it. It was, uh, it was Brilliant. Yeah, these better, better studios than I use. <laughs> yeah. He's in RAK Studios. Stuff like that. Using okay. <laughs> RAK yeah. Studios, and you're in some. Take me to I wanted to ask yeah. you, um, you. You're notorious for your mixtapes. Um, do you just approach them because I mean we all make mixtapes and um, good or bad or otherwise, mm. but yours are yours are magnificent. Now, is it something that comes effortlessly to you, like you just got this endless supply? I've got to put that on. I've got to check that on there. I'll do that. Or is it something where you where you sort of it's, it's more more staggered and laboured and you and you and you're, you're flicking through LPs? How does that work? Uh, I suppose over time you kind of build up Do you actually write it down, yeah, or because no. I have to write stuff down, otherwise I won't know what I'm going to play next week. I've got no idea. No, I don't know. I've been doing it for a while, so I can't remember really. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just I do it. Dream. <laughs> I okay. Have, I think it's just digital stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I mean, they are quite hard work. You know, I remember, but I, I think I've banished them. I mean, like some people have a panic attack. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I want to fall for it. I think they get really quite intense, actually. Yeah, because I try to do stuff with them where. I'm trying to get, I was, I was always trying to get like a, uh, some of the, within the mixes of trying to uh, put together two songs that, that really should go together and then try and find a point where I can mix them together in the middle and then go outwards from there. It's just, it's a bit like the Matrix and that kind of thing. You can get, you can get quite, uh, you can get quite daunted. Or you, you can lose you two weeks. You can stop because you just really don't know where you are and you just can get, Shades going on, really, like music yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah, it's just like it's, it's good, uh, definitely good for ground to write records and to kind of structure stuff. That's kind of that's why I did it. So it's just always good. But, well, I'll take that bit out there. I'll do you know, that bit on that. I'm like, that's just ties the songwriting, yes, and, you know, design or anything else. It's like, you know, you just learn how to self edit and just kind of. But, 
could I ask you, you know, you, you take all this due care and attention, which, which is, you know, which is very, very, very involved. Do, do you in the same breath, because we're talking about uh, possibly three different formats, as someone who's just listening to it digitally, there's someone who's got a CD or someone's got the LP. Do, do you invest a lot of time in, in saying, okay, that's the last song on, on, on side A in, in, in treating it like yeah. an album? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, the new the new record has got uh, it's four sides, it's double vinyl. So yeah. Split four songs each side, and it, again, it, that helps. It helps to, to to ride the record to me. Yes. Because movements almost, doesn't it? Start. Yeah, it's like it's like a soundtrack really. I think it's like a soundtrack, you not know, really soundtracks really. It's just the the start and end, the middle bit, and you know, and they have to kind of make sense. Sort of I mean, they are sort of conceptual to a degree. I mean, Punk Pop and Rock's a loose concept, but it's definitely a concept record. The same with this one, and the songs dictate what what goes after it or what comes next, and, and, and then some songs dictate are dictated and come to life yeah. because they have to go through the song. Like on the first record, I had a song going from... Um, astrology to draw to feel like something's changing. I needed to write a song to fit to those two, so I wrote a song called Back to Earth. And that, oh. was, that was done to fit. Surely, showing those two songs together. But then, you know, so I was really interested in kind of working with, the, with like how keys change, literally, you know, to if you're doing the song, what you like to, you know, where, where the keys are there, like what was that? Well, that's, that's... How, how you join. How he makes it like almost like a matter of case of like making like this little precursor. Yes. The next one. And, uh, and, and without it, it would have just been, it would have completely ruined the flow of the record. And it, yeah. It's like they have to, they have to come to life or it wouldn't have worked. And after all, it's just always, always, always looking for a little you can always, extra. I think that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's You can always that's, lose patience with the record, can't you, Don? Hmm? You can always lose yeah, patience yeah. with the record, can't you? Yeah, you could do, yeah. Um, not for me, though. I'm just like, I'm too, too uh, focused, I think, in terms of... Just like, I never let it be. Like, <laughs> well, you've got, you've got to have an off switch. You've got to have an off switch sometime, for goodness sake. Uh, 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 no, I've given that up. We've got a couple... couple... Permanently switched on. Whether I like it or not. He's perma on. I've, I've got two last questions for you. What, one of which is... Um, I'm going to be playing three songs around the interview, uh, one of which is going to be the new single, which is a given, but would you mind uh, curating uh, two songs from the first LP for me to play uh, on the next programme? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what would you like? Two. Uh, I'd say... Uh, uh, she Owns the World. Like, like okay. And, um, well, maybe a French one, uh, say... Okay, fantastic. You've, you've chosen those two, so they'll be played. And um, this is a question. The last question I've got for you, Dom, is is, is a, no musical consequence at all, but it's something that is important. It's um, it's hypothetically you, you're in uh, you're doing an East Coast uh, North American tour. You're around my place. The band's here. Got the kettle on. We've all got a cup of tea, and uh, yeah. I, bring, I bring out the biscuit. Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I bring out the biscuit tin, and the biscuit tin is a magic biscuit tin, and you can choose any biscuit on God's green earth. What would you choose? 
I know the ones you mean. They're just like digestives with, with chocolate on top, but they're just gin the ginger chocolate bickies. Are the Marks yeah, and Sparks yeah. ones or what? Yeah, they're, they're good. Okay, fantastic. Because yeah. I've got this. I've got this very articulate infographic with every artist next to their chosen bicky. So I'll be sending it off to you. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, I'll, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll source. I'll source the right biscuit. Make sure I've got the right one. But in the, in the meantime, thank you so very much for, for sparing your time because. Uh, I wanted to, to share your story with the listenership because the, the first record yeah. is very near and dear to my heart and I can only expect that the second one's going to blow me away and I'm really looking forward to it. So all the best, Tom. I do appreciate it. And hopefully yeah, we well, can maybe catch up in, uh, in a few months. If, if you've got time, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll do a catch-up. I'm sure we'll be in America at some point and we'll come out for a break and all that. Fantastic. We'll put it into practice. It's been a pleasure. Thank all you so right. much. I'll be in touch uh, in the next lot, couple of days. Ta-ra. Yeah, thanks, mate. Well, I'm not going to lie to you, I was buzzing after that interview, absolutely buzzing to talk to Dom because uh, I've been a big, big, big fan for a long time, uh, like a kid in a candy store. So my thanks, of course, go to him. And uh, I'll remind you again that facebook.com slash whitehorsesofficial and whitehorses.com are where you need to go. And that's white with a Y and not an I. Get everything and anything you can buy white horses i encourage you to do so and as you heard in the interview uh, dom curated two songs himself one of which you've already heard we just heard uh, to lead things off of the three pack of uh, white horses songs we heard she owns the world uh, the second tune that dom did curate is this beautiful little french tune entitled la couleur originale <laughs>
absolutely delicious. That's more White Horses. That is off uh, 2016's debut LP, Pop Said, La Couleur Originelle. And my thanks, of course, go to Dom Thomas. Thank you, sir, for your uh, time and uh, for enlightening us all. It was a lot of fun. My thanks, of course, go to every one of you for listening and giving me your time. It's much appreciated. And if I could ask you one last thing before I naff off down the motorway on the way to the in-laws for my dinner, I will uh, ask you to please kindly refer the programme to uh, another person who has good musical taste. Or if they don't, perhaps they can gain some by listening. How about that? Um, I'd be very grateful if you could recommend the show to anybody who is into music. It just makes me happy. Don't get any dosh, as I mentioned numerous times. I just uh, play my own records every week on a Sunday and uh, share them with you. So uh, please do spread the gospel of Near Perfect Pitch. On that note, that's it for episode 72. I'll be back next week with uh, episode 73 and I'll be talking to the wonderful Alpaca Sports. They're the feature interview next week. All the best. Ta-ra. <laughs>